0: Hey there and welcome to the box office watch podcast where we keep watch on how much money movies are making and why this is the show recapping the weekend of july 1st through the 3rd and kind of the 4th uh, 2022 my name is paulo and i'm your host hope everyone is doing well out there as i mentioned last week i was on vacation over the 4th of july holiday and as such i came back in the middle of the week to a very full inbox and a lot of work i needed to catch up on Uh, on top of a pretty crazy box office weekend. So, you know, the day job stuff came first, so this is why this episode's coming out. Uh, Basically, the Friday of the next weekend, um, but, you know, I wanted to still get something in the feed since, again, there was pretty crazy stuff going on in the box office this weekend. So we'll do a lightning round episode this week. Try not to take too much time. Uh, In first place last weekend was *The Minions: Rise of Gru* from Illumination DreamWorks uh, or Illumination, uh, breaking into the hundred million opening mark with a hundred and seven million opening for four thousand three hundred ninety-one theaters. Per theater, average of two twenty-four thousand three hundred and seventy dollars over the three-day weekend. Uh, Overseas, it's made another ninety-two point seven million worldwide for about a two hundred million opening last weekend. That's the second highest uh, domestic opening of the franchise behind the first *Minions* movie, making a hundred and fifteen million but also ahead of all three Despicable Me films. Um, It's also way ahead of the 77 million forecasted by box office pros, and it's the best 4th of July holiday weekend of all time, uh, if you don't count films that opened on July 7th. Now, a big part of this was the meme driven trend of teenagers and TikTok users uh, dressing up in formal wear and taking over the movies as gentle minions. Um, I know some executive at Sony is probably tearing their hair out right now, trying to figure out like why the Morbius memes didn't translate uh, to the success when they released that film, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, the success, of course, is that 34% of the opening audience last weekend were teenagers, compared to Despicable Movie 3, uh, having only 8% teenagers in. Their opening weekend. Thinking about it, though, you know, beyond the TikTok meme, or maybe in indicated by the TikTok meme, this kind of makes sense, right? The Me, the first one, came out 12 years ago, um, and so if you were like five or six, you know, a kid who the film was targeted to at the time, um, you'd be a teenager now, um, and so that's the, this is a franchise that Gen Gen Z uh, grew up with. Compare that to the comparatively underperforming Lightyear uh, from, from a couple of weeks ago, which is, you know, presumably a spinoff of the Toy Story franchise, um, you know, that, that franchise, you know, in my eyes, really ended. I mean, yes, there was Toy Story 4, but really the Toy Story 3, the wrap-up of the, of the mainline series was 12 years ago. So, you know, the, the, the younger demographic now, just, you know, sir, the older demog- sir, you know, millennials and, and whatnot would be the ones who presumably would be the target for light year, but they wouldn't, but Gen Z wouldn't embrace it in the same way that light year, that they did with minions here. Um, so, you know, I, and now there are reports that you know some groups of gentle minions got a little bit rowdy in theaters, causing some theater owners to offer refunds and, and not allow them in if they were all dressed up. But still, that wasn't enough to deter minions from take from taking what I thought uh, was going to be Lightyear's like place as the hundred million dollar opening animated film of this year. Now. You know, the first two Despicable Me films had multipliers in the four point five x range, um, and the more recent films had a two point nine x multiplier or three point six five x multiplier for the third Despicable Me. Film. So, you know, if you take the low end of that and the higher end of that, that gives us a range of three hundred ten to four hundred eighty million domestic um, The scores on Rotten Tomatoes from critics uh, is in the low seventies, mid eighties for the first two films, which is kind of where this film's ending up at, um, and audiences are giving it, you know, uh, mid mid. 80s to low 90s, um, whereas the, the the two more recent films that performed lower had you know about 50 percent for both. Um, so word of mouth of this should put it on the higher end of that range. I'd call it maybe you know I, I'd say 400 million would be kind of like the, the, the benchmark we're looking for. Uh, given that compared to the 200 million dollar budget of um, of of Lightyear, uh, Minions only has an 80 to 85 million dollar production budget. The break even point would be 200 million dollars, which um, this film already has made in its first weekend worldwide. So, you know, anything after this point is basically gravy. Uh, second place this weekend went to Top Gun Maverick, dropping a stunning 13.13% in week 6, um, though I guess, you know, given it was the 4th of July holiday, it's kind of appropriate. Um, and it comes in at $25.8 million in 3,843 theaters for a per theater average of 6,736 6, theaters, uh, a domestic total of $564 million to date. Overseas has made another $544 million as of uh, Sunday, so it sits at about $1.1 billion worldwide. There's honestly not too much more to say here. You know, Some people are saying that $1.4 billion would is, is potentially in the books. That would take it from the current 28th place best film of all time worldwide to somewhere in the top 15 or so. Uh, domestically, it's at number 12 all time, and so if it's able to manage another 700 million or so, it'll be in the top five or six of all time. Probably closer to six or seven, actually. Um, it's definitely a big part of Paramount ending up being the highest grossing studio for the first half of 2022 so far. Uh, in third place, Elvis' biopic comes in with a 41% drop to $18.4 in 3,932 theaters for a per theater average of 4693 running domestic total of $66.7 million and a worldwide total of $113 million. So far, it's splitting the difference uh, between Rocketman and Bohemian Rhapsody, the two kind of more recent biopic films, um, in terms of both drops and also of totals to date, perhaps a bit closer to the lower-performing uh, Rocketman side of things. Um, $100 million is definitely on the table domestically and people are saying maybe 130 million dollars by the end of its run. Um, It does seem to be skewing a bit more domestically uh, in the US as opposed to international so that will probably limit its uh, potential worldwide numbers. Uh, fourth place you know went to Jurassic world uh, Dominion with 16.3 million in week four 39 percent drop in uh, 3801 theaters for a per theater average of 4306 and a domestic total of 332.5 million um, it does have a stronger overseas performance of 494 million dollars to date putting it at about 826 million quasi uh, net 800 million dollars mark. Now, it has near identical weekend totals uh, to Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, and its weekday total seems to have to, have to settle into about a $30 million difference, um, uh, meaning that you know it could end up maybe $390 million domestic or so, maybe a little bit less. Um, a 35% domestic air national split would put it over a $1 billion worldwide, though if it maintains more of its 40% split to the date, it'll end up a little bit short in the $900 million range. Uh, rounding out the top five is The Black Phone um, st- starring Ethan Hawke, dropping 48% in its second weekend, which is honestly not bad for a horror film, uh, making $12.2 in its 3,156 theaters for a per theater average of $3,880, running domestic total at $47.4 Another set $27 million block puts it at $74.4 which against the $18 million production budget, already a success for this film, anything after this is gravy. Outside the top five, Lightyear, as we mentioned, dropped us another terrible 64% to 6.4 million for a running total of 105.2 million, barely making it into the $100 million grosser domestic um, uh, with its $200 million production budget. Um, it's it just hit $190 million worldwide. Um, it'll probably beat the Good Dinosaur's domestic total of $123 million, but it might not even make it to Car 3's $152 million domestic. And I, I definitely think the worldwide box office of both of those films 333 million and 383 million respectively is out of reach so it's going to be going to be their worst grossing film of all time of course excluding their Disney plus and pandemic release of onward um, as of recording it's already in the sub million dollar days which is definitely not a great look. Um, aside from that, uh, Mr. Malcolm's List from Bleecker Street made $810,000 in 1,384 theaters per theater average of 586. Nothing worth writing home about. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. In week 15, it made another half million dollars, which is more than Doctor's Chains actually did in its ninth week. Uh, and then A24's newest uh, darling, Marcel de with sues on, continues to rule its limited release with an additional 16 theaters um, going up to uh, 11,608 per theater average for this weekend, 22 years total. Um, other than that, No Way Home has finally finished its run at 804 million domestic, um, at least until it's re-released in a couple of months. Uh, overall, total box office this this weekend was $189 million domestic, beating out the equivalent weekend of 2019 when Spider-Man Far From Home came out with a box office total of $183 million. Um, this coming weekend, the big film release will be Thor Love and Thunder, the latest MCU film uh, starring the God of Thunder um, and uh, directed by Taika Waititi. Um, box office pros has it opening to $154 million. Uh, Ron Tomatoes so far, you know, again, I'm recording this on Friday, so, uh, you know, we already have some... Que- some, some audience and critics scores Critics are a little bit harsher at 68% um, And whereas we have 84% from audiences But, you know, it's also not terrible, right? So um, we'll obviously report more on this next weekend um, I'm not going to look at the uh, Thursday preview numbers just yet uh, overseas in Japan, Top Gun Maverick still held onto the top spot as Lightyear opened in second place, about 2.2 million US, which is about half of what a typical Pixar film makes in Japan opening weekend. Um, the anime film Yuru Camp uh, opened to 1.6 million, higher than expected, um, and then Elvis opened to about 1.1 million US. In addition, Sin Ultraman in number seven moves into the top five all-time of Japan's twenty twenty-two number of admissions. Um, though due to fluctuating exchange rates, it's about five million U.S. behind um, behind uh, the number five spot. Um, I also also have uh, tickets for Sin Ultraman actually as part of the New York Asian Film Festival coming up in a couple of weeks. So that's exciting. I'm excited to see that. Also out of Japan, um, the new uh, movie for the Kaguya-sama Love is War anime series, um, which will be a canon arc similar to Demon Slayer, just got announced. Um, the recently wrapped third season is currently ranked as the highest rated anime on my anime list, so this one to be very really popular down the road. Uh, speaking of anime movies doing well, due Kaisen Zero, continues to spread its influence, becoming the highest grossing uh, anime and international film in India, uh, be- non-Hollywood rather, um, beating out sp- several non- new Bollywood films with its release weekend, about $543,000, which is apparently huge over in India. Uh, over in China, lighting up the stars holds on into its number one spot for the second week in a row, with $44 million for $119 million total to date. Um, Jurassic World Dominion added another $9.7 million or so this weekend for $132 million running total. Overall, though, for the first half of 2022, China's made only $2.9 billion US dollars to date, compared to the, the North American market making $3.7 billion, which is up from $1.1 billion last year, but still down from $5.7 billion in 2019 at this point in time. Uh, what's more, that 2.6 billion is mostly local films. The first half of 2019, Hollywood films made up about 1.9 billion of tickets, against only 400 million this year. Uh, China is forecasted to end the year with 5.2 billion, while the U.S. would end up at about 7.5 billion U.S. Beyond the numbers, real quickly, before we wrap up the episode, there are a couple of headlines. Uh, Avatar Way of Water coming out this December. Looks like the current cut, uh, according to reports, is about three hours long. Not Might not have too much of an effect. After all, the first Avatar was two hours, 40 minutes, but still worth noting as it might have some effect on the number of times a film can be uh, rerun in theaters uh, in a given day, though it's still James Cameron. So, you know, they might just pull an Endgame and just expand the, the the operating hours of the movie theater. Um, according, though, to one report from. Empire, the famed director may not be, may, may is not so if he's going to be coming back for the fourth and fifth film of the franchise. Um, the third film was sought back to back with the second one. Um, that one may have a bigger impact uh, on the franchise, but that's further down the line. Uh, More in the short term, though, with Star Wars uh, probably moving out of the December 2023 slot. Again, like we reported last week, other films are moving in. Uh, Dune Part 2 specifically is moving a month back from October um, to the Thanksgiving holiday slot, where I think it'll have slightly better legs um, and could also be back in the limelight for awards considerations, which I'm all from. Um, I believe uh, production is starting up this summer, if not already has started up. Um, But yeah, and you also give them a little bit more production time to, to finish up VFX and whatnot. So I think a good move there. Uh, with that, I think that's a wrap for this episode. Again, apologies for being super late. Hopefully next week, I'm back on a more regular schedule. In any case, you can skip me ideas for what I should cover at email, boxofficewatchpodcast.gmail.com, Twitter, BOWatchpodcast, or so on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review, or at the very least, tell a friend any of that helps. Um, links to all of that will be in our show notes. numbers used in the show come from thenumbers.com, intro and outro music from Kevin MacLeod at incompetech.filmmusic.io, editing and production by Ninja Boy Media, until next time, this has been the Box Office Watch, and remember, our watch goes on.